Hey everyone, I'm Ashley Billington and this is The Campfire. Today we're talking 65A Division II where Dallas ISD claims all of the spots. After realignment, this district consists of Adamson, Conrad, Hillcrest, Thomas Jefferson, Kimball, Samuel, Seagaville, South Oak Cliff, Spruce, and Woodrow Wilson. South Oak Cliff is still riding high from their first ever state title last year. Will they ride the momentum to back-to-back championships? Or will another Dallas ISD team up in them? Let's start off things by analyzing these teams in our film session. Where else can we start? Then in South Oak Cliff, where Jason Todd's Golden Bears are coming off a magical 2021 season that saw them bring DISD their first state championship since 1958. And Sock is loaded again this year as they try to make it to back-to-back titles. Randy Reese, the district offensive MVP, is back along with a star-studded defense that would make some Division I colleges jealous. Woodrow Wilson moves down to Division II, and they hope to give the Golden Bears a run for their money behind quarterback Cam McGuire and receiver Keldrick Smith. Pilgrims returns a slew of talented two-way players like Reggie Williams and Brady Gibson, who should lead the Panthers to the postseason. Kimball went 6-2 and two in district play, but they have lots to replace in 2022. Other teams to watch out for in this district are Seagoville and Spruce, who both finished respectable last year and bring back some solid experience. Conrad will hope to get one of the four playoff spots behind running back Chris Leggard. Meanwhile, Samuel, Adamson, and Thomas Jefferson will battle it out for some district wins. If you think 10 teams is a lot for a district, well, Dallas ISD officials agree. So they broke the district down into zones to explain what that means and to dig even deeper into 658 Division II. Let's bring in our Inside High School Sports Insider, Matt Dix, along with producer Ward for Sold for a district breakdown. All right, district breakdown time. Dixie's with me again. We're talking 658 Division II, the DISD district. 10 teams in this district, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're playing every single team as we found out. But what do you think about this district and, and what do you, how do you th- feel they're going to play this thing out? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the zones because, you know, this is a very unique concept and, and this is sock driven. And, and when you are the state champions, uh, the, the champ is here, as it were. I, I guess you get a little, you get a little uh, play at the negotiation table. Uh, so what they decided to do, according to our buddy Matt Stepp, who broke this information uh, right after realignment, uh, was they broke it into two zones. You got zone A and zone B. In zone A, you're going to have South Oak Cliff. You're going to have Kimball, Spruce, Adamson, and Samuel. And then in zone B, you're going to have Woodrow, Wilson, Hillcrest, Seagoville, Conrad, Thomas, Jefferson. They're going to play all. They're all going to play each other, and we're going to get seeding within the zones from one to five. Then week 10, and, and this is where it's a little bit different, because we're going to have two weeks of uh, zone playoffs. You're going to have one versus two on both sides. So the first place team in zone A is going to play the second place team in zone B. 
uh, and then vice versa. And then you're going to get the winners play each other, uh, one versus one, two versus two after that. And for SOC, because we've talked about this with Lancaster and some other teams, uh, you really have to have some sort of competitive balance to kind of get ready for non-district. Uh, so SOC kind of gets the best of both worlds. They get to have a killer non-district of four games. Then their last two games of district are going to be against the best teams in the zones. Uh, so I think that they're going to be as good as they can be, as, as prepared as they can be uh, coming out of this for, for the playoffs. And I think by all – I think by all accounts, South Oak Cliff is going to be considered the number one team in the state as we're starting 5A. And then, I don't know if you've heard anything about their non-district, but now they can kind of get themselves together at the beginning. And obviously some of the teams in the zones aren't going to give much competition in the middle. It's kind of soft and come back strong in the second to kind of work on what they learned in the first four games. So, yes, you're right. It, it does. Will it work out for any of these other teams? How, how do you feel it's going to work for – uh, who would you say is even the second best team in in the entire district, not just the zone, and how will it work out for them to not have to to you know to have two extra games before they start playoffs? You know, I mean, you you look at this, and 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 this is a a near this is a Plano East kind of a segment. How can you make DISD about Plano East? Uh, Digsy. Well, you talk about Woodrow Wilson, you know, and you talk about Hillcrest, and I think those are clearly the number two and number three teams in this district. Coach Ramon over at Hillcrest, former Plano East guy. Uh, Woodrow Wilson, Coach Benedito, uh, he's now over at Plano East, but, you know, they got the, the guy from Frisco Lone Star coming over, and really what Sock did as part of that, and, and it's kind of related to Coach Benedito leaving uh, and, and Tony Johnson over at, uh, at W.T. White leaving, is they bumped up the pay scale for Dallas ISD, attracting some of the best coaches and to keep all the South Oak Cliff coaches. I think probably the biggest win for South Oak Cliff, not, not I mean, we can talk about their talent and just go through all on and on. You can play uh, clips nonstop. Nobody's going to see my face on this, uh, on this talk because you're playing sock clips of all the good players they've got. Uh, none of their assistants left for the most part. Their coordinators stayed, and that really speaks to the mission-centered uh, focus of South Oak Cliff. And I think that is an incredible thing, because if you would have asked me, uh, you, your brother from another mother, our other ward, Coach Warden over there, I thought he would get, you know, whatever job he wanted because of what he did at South Oak Cliff this year. And he stayed strong. He, he is committed to this as because helping to build a, a legacy-defining program over there. And I think, like I said, Sock is going to be uh, the prohibitive favorite to repeat. Uh, but more to your question, I think Woodrow Wilson, Hillcrest 2-3, and they're going to be in zone B. So that's who Sock is going to be playing those last two weeks in whatever order that ends up being. I'm going to have Woodrow Wilson over Hillcrest. Uh, but they're going to be playing those two teams, and I think that will give them the kind of discipline uh, approach that they're going to need to get ready for the playoffs and, and then uh, that kind of uh, – by district matchup against the fourth place team, which we talked about last week, uh, which I think will be Burleson. But everybody is penciling in. We talked about it in 5A Division One. We're kind of penciling in Alito versus Ben Ryan as that regional final. I think we're all going to be penciling in Lovejoy versus South Oak Cliff as the game to watch uh, to, to win the region in uh, Region 2. Thank you, South Oak Cliff. A little break from Frisco, which is their, their little buddy for the last four years to play, and they played some pretty good matchups. Let me ask you this before we go into each of the zones. Is there anything – obviously, Sock is the only team that has any kind of, you know, chance of going super deep in the playoffs. But can some of these other DISD teams take what Sock did last year as a momentum deal that, hey, DISD is not 
something to be looked over. Maybe we can get a win or two, just use them as motivation to, to possibly put a win together in the playoffs, or is that just not crazy talk by me? Well, with all due respect to our friends, uh, you know, in five five A, you know, Hillcrest last year had to play Alito in the first round of the playoffs, and that's never a good draw when you're when you're having to deal with that kind of first round. Uh, so I think you know, when you look at these two to four teams, and they're looking at who they might be playing in the first round. Although those teams will be favorited in five five A, it, it's not quite that level of Alito that we saw last year. So I would throw Wilson, Hillcrest, and, and I have Kimball as the fourth place team in this district. I think all three of those teams are going to be looking at like, hey, we, we can, we're going to get better every week and we can show and kind of make our own statement. Woodrow Wilson is a fantastic team. Uh, it had to be hard for Coach Benedito to leave Woodrow Wilson because of the program he's building over there. Uh, you know, they, they looked good at times last year. They got Cam McGuire coming back. He was a fantastic quarterback. They got Deldrick Smith coming back and Graydon Thompson coming back. Uh, and Coach Benedito talks just so warmly about all the players that he's got coming back and how hard it was to leave the talent over there. I, I think Woodrow Wilson is really going to jump up on people's radar. Now, again, when they play Sox, they're probably going to lose by 50 points, and that's just what Sock is. I think Sock is going to be turning it on to that next level, getting ready. But Woodrow Wilson has a really good chance to be 9-0 and going into that game, and, and I think they're going to play some good football this year. That's awesome. And, and talk about maybe some of the other teams in, in – we've been calling it Zone B, but the zone that has uh, Conrad and, and Jefferson in uh, – not Spruce, uh, Siegelville in there. Is there any of those teams that – you know, sometimes you like to talk about tiers. They're obviously a little bit lower on the tier. What do you think of the, uh, about their chances of picking up a win or two? I really like what Coach Ragstill is doing over at Conrad. I, I have them fourth in their zone, so, I mean, I don't have them quite up there yet. But they are getting better every year. And, and now with kind of this renewed focus on athletics in Dallas ISD, getting to really build in the middle schools, you see that happening right now. A lot more uh, interactivity in Coach Ragsdale has been fantastic. You saw what he did over there at Adamson uh, for a few years. He got Addison in, Adamson from that lower tier to a kind of a perennial playoff team uh, for the few years he was there. And I think Conrad is just a couple of games away from that. They got really kind of shafted on these zones. Woodrow Hill, Wilson and Hillcrest are really, really good teams. And I think there's going to be a bit of a gap there. But I think Conrad's going to get better. I think Conrad has a really good chance to beat Siegelville this year. Siegelville's kind of been right there in that second tier of uh, teams over the last couple of years. I think if Conrad were in zone A, I might pick them in that second playoff spot. Uh, but just the way the zones worked out with kind of the north zone and the south zone, Conrad's a little bit more on the north side of, of the district, uh, and, and they got put over here with this district. Poor Thomas Jefferson, I, I think they're going to be last. I think they're going to struggle this year. They didn't have one all-district senior coming or junior coming back this year. Had a hard time placing anybody on the all-district uh, list last year. Uh, I think they're going to struggle again this year. Uh, Adamson has a chance to be better, too, this year. I like Spruce as well. But Kimball just has so much talent. I know one of our favorite games last year that we got to see was that Kimball versus Hillcrest game. That was just a crazy ending. Uh, I think Kimball has enough young talent. Uh, to where they can overcome the graduation of their seniors. Uh, and I think that they're going to be a, a pretty productive team as well. Uh, so those four teams, I think, are going to be the teams we're going to watch in this uh, South Oak Cliff, Woodrow Wilson, Hillcrest, and Kimball. And from what you said and what I'm picking up, you got South Oak Cliff probably beating uh, uh, Wilson, in, right? In, 
it'd be one versus in, in, in the finals. I I do think we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see South Oak Cliff over uh, Woodrow Wilson. But can we? You know, I, I, we got to talk about how good Sock is. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna list some of the players they got coming back and consider their contributions last year. It is ridiculous. I mean, the the Twitter star of the year is that offensive lineman Brion Ramsey Brooks. Uh, he is a man child. I mean, among men, and they got him coming back. We got Randy Reese coming back, Jamari Colley coming back, uh, Jaquan Queen, both of the Muhammads are coming back, Taylor Starling, uh, Jamarian Clark, they got that really good kicker, Diego Varela coming back, Ricky Evans is coming back. They got four D1 receivers. Uh, so the quarterback is going to have no shortage of targets coming back uh, and, and how well that works. And ultimately, you know, last year, the quarterback situation, all of a sudden, uh, Kevin Jennings was just all of a sudden on the radar with all the work he did uh, last year. The quarterback, I think, is going to be a key for South Oak Cliff this year. But they are so good in so many positions and so deep. You know, it, it's just going to be fun to watch. It's almost like Duncanville a couple of years ago. South Oak Cliff looks like that. Just so many star players coming back, so many D1 talent. Uh, headed back there, just head, heads and shoulders above everybody. And I think the question we'll talk about next week when we talk about Lovejoy is, is Lovejoy good enough to compete with this South Oak Cliff team that completely dismantled them last year? That's what you call a tease right there. And you, you just tease next week, and I appreciate that. But what you're saying about Sock, though, it looks like a season of scoring at will and shutting down everybody, which does not sound good for the other nine teams in DISD, but luckily all, not all nine of them have to play, so that's that's a bonus for those four lucky teams. But anyway, we will talk about the Lovejoy District, and they're going to have uh, they're going to have Melissa joining them up there next year as well, and a couple other you know, obviously other teams from around the area. But we will talk about them next week, and then we move on to six A after that. I know you're excited to get into some six A talk, Ward. So one more week, and then six A. Six A, here we come. All right, Diggy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now let's take a look at some of the athletes you should keep an eye on in this district and our players arise. One of the top defensive backs in the nation is South Oak Cliff's Malik Muhammad. As a junior, Malik picked off three passes and ran one back for a touchdown. Meanwhile, he tallied 68 tackles on the year as Muhammad simply just locked them down. He's also very versatile in the secondary as he can play three different positions on the defensive backfield. Muhammad's top six schools are Alabama, Florida, Texas, Michigan, Miami, and Texas A&M. If one four-star cornerback in your secondary is good, two has to be better, right? Well, that's what the Golden Bears have as Javon Thomas joining Muhammad in the secondary as well. Thomas snagged an interception to go along with 30 tackles last year as most sock opponents simply gave up on passing against them. Javon has big-time athletic tools as he has an explosive burst and a 34-inch vertical jump. Thomas verbally committed to Texas A&M. One of the better two-way players in this district is Brady Gibson of Hillcrest. Though he was second-team all-district as a tight end last year, he really does damage on the defensive side of the ball as a linebacker. Gibson rung up 116 tackles last year to go along with seven sacks, a pick, and three forced fumbles. He should be a menace on the field again this year. 
On offense, one of the better returning quarterbacks this year is Cam McGuire of Woodrow Wilson. He was newcomer of the year last year as a sophomore as he threw for nearly 1,200 yards and 16 touchdowns and completed 60% of his passes. The Wildcats will be looking for McGuire's continued development in 2022. One of those teams who will be chasing the Golden Bears for that district title is the Hillcrest Panthers. Our Ward Fasold caught up with their head coach, Jacob Ramone, to talk about his team and how they might navigate this district in our Media Day segment. All right, it is Media Day, and we are joined with Hillcrest head coach, Jacob Ramone. Coach, let's talk about the district. Not a lot has, a little bit has changed, but at least you're going to see a lot of district foes this year, all district foes from Dallas ISD, uh, 10 team district. Now to those of you at home that think that's, wow, he only gets two non-district games. You guys opt for the zone scheduling. Maybe talk a little bit about how that district is going to be playing their games this year, just so the viewers know what's going on. Absolutely. So we came together after we found out the UIL put us in a 10 team district and it is all Dallas ISD. We came together and decided that it'd be better for us to zone so we have a zone A and we have a zone B, uh, which will allow us to have uh, uh, four non-district games. And then also the last two weeks, 10 and week 11, is going to be kind of like a playoff atmosphere. So all the way, all the way through. So even if, if you're the last place team, there you're still going to have some, even though you may not qualify for the playoffs, you're still going to have something to play for. So we were excited about that. I think I think every last coach, it, it was unanimous that, that – this is the way to go. It gives you a chance to challenge yourself in the non-district, right? You can kind of uh, put put games out there that at first you're worried that you'd only get, to, you know, a warm-up game before you start playing, but now you can get yourself four, three or four warm-up games. And who is in your non-district and how do you think those games might help you out throughout the district play? Okay, so we, we only have one that's in the district and, and that's going to be the week four. So we're going to start off with uh, Frisco Emerson, okay. who uh, – they have a great coach. He does a great job. Coach Miller does an amazing job. He did a, a great job at Centennial, and he's still – we got, got to watch their spring game last night, and he has a lot of good players. So it's going to be a challenge for us. We're going to start off with Frisco Emerson. Then we're going to go to Carrollton. We're going to play Carrollton Ranch View, uh, which was a very good challenge the last couple of years. I mean, they beat the, the brakes off us uh, in 18 and 19. We get to, didn't get to play in 20, and, and we, we, we got the better end of that deal last year, but he's got a lot of kids coming back. I know he had a young quarterback and uh, that didn't get to play against us and he's the real deal. And then we go, we're going to Gainesville. We did this to try to get us some traveling time. So it's going to be a good trip for us, which our kids here at Hillcrest are not accustomed to that. So it was kind of like a culture shock when we had to go to Alito and in, in the last couple of years. And it, just to give our kids a chance to, to give some kind of taste of traveling. So we're going to go to Gainesville week three. And then week four, we're going to finish our non-district with uh, Wilmer Hutchins, which is loaded with talent. So it, it's going to be a great challenge. Uh, the non-district is going to be very challenging for us. But to, to go over your, your zone, the zone that you guys are in, you're going to have Conrad, TJ, uh, Siegelville, and Wilson. Your mm -hmm. thoughts on those teams and how you might uh, – and how you hope to finish in the top two there so you can get onto the playoff system you guys have in there? Well, the, you know, we've, we've played – We've played uh, three of those teams uh, pretty close the last couple of years. Well, with the exception of TJ, uh, Woodrow Wilson, if I had to pick from the outside looking in, Woodrow Wilson, they have a lot of football players. They have a lot of great tradition. Uh, Coach Benedetto, the last couple of years, has done a great job there. 
Um, and Coach Fish, I mean, we have some history with Coach Fish. He beat the brakes out of me in, in 2018. Uh, he scored 50 points. He's a hell, heck of a coach. And uh, he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. We're going to have an opportunity to go watch them. And I know they're going to be ready. So they're probably going to be favored. I would favor them. And I think we're, we're probably right behind them, uh, real close to Siegelville. So Woodrow, in our zone, it would be Woodrow Wilson, then, then us in Siegelville and then finish with, with Conrad and TJ down there. Uh, so it's, it's going to be tough to, to win that zone. It's going to be very challenging. Before we go on to this year a little bit more, did you, as, a, as, a, as an ISD, did, with what happened with SOC last year and, and how much the whole community, you know, galvanized around and once they won that state title, does that bring any kind, can you use some of that kind of motivation like, hey, it's been done, we can do this, down the road, they did it. We can do it too. Let's let's not just think about our ten games on the schedule. Let's think about what we can do. Maybe pull off a, a playoff win or two. You know, it, anything's possible with God. And, and what Coach Todd and, and and his football team, the Sock Bolden Bears, did was amazing. I mean, that this whole city was lit up. I mean, it was a, it was just a party to see that and to 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 just cheer them on as part of our you know big brother kind of, and uh, yes, we use that. And, and we we also use it on the other side. I mean, uh, these kids, our kids here at Hillcrest, no, we're not gonna face anybody better. No matter how far we go, we're not gonna face anybody better than we did against Sock and Alito. You guys have already faced the best of the best. So, uh, you know, we're not gonna see anybody better. So we use it as motivation as that part too, but also, uh, it was pretty cool on their on their way. They they had when they were at the hotel getting ready for the game. They had a baton and they had every school in Dallas ISD on the baton, and that's who were they. They were fighting for all of us, and we're so proud. I'm so proud to be part of Dallas ISD, and I'm so proud that 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 uh, what 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 Coach Todd and 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 Sock did. They're very. I got very good friends on that staff. They're very. I mean, they're some of the best coaches in in the state of Texas. So it wasn't surprising. But for him, them to finally break the ceiling and get over the top, it was very exciting. It was very exciting. I'm very proud. Absolutely. Very proud. Yeah, that, like you said, that whole, that whole city was on fire because of, the, of that. Let's talk about Hillcrest football. Okay. Uh, what we know about Division II 5A is that when you have – the numbers are kind of smallest so that when you have an athlete, he's on the field just about every play. And you have a bunch of them, uh, Brady Gibson, Reggie Williams, Clarence Sanders, guys that, that can go both ways. How crucial is it for you to grab an athlete and be able to use them as much and, and now during the summer getting their stamina up because you know they're going to be out there a lot? You're absolutely right. We have, we have about seven, seven, seven players that, that average probably 100 or more snaps a game. So it, it's amazing that this group here that we're talking about this group because it's not like we have to push them. Nobody likes to condition. Right. Nobody likes the condition, but after a lot of those kids are coming back, a lot of those two-way starters are coming back. You know, Reggie that you mentioned, and Brady, and and, and Brady's been here since his, his freshman year as a starter. And for those kids to come me come to me as the head, as their head coach and say, "Hey, coach, we have to do this," you know, it, it just makes it better when you're when your best players are your hardest workers. I mean, it, it's it's awesome. It's like I just I just have the key and I open up the door and 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 those coaches and those kids they just get after it so they know what needs to and we've been doing it they know what it needs to be done to to in order for us to be competitive like I said I mean Woodrow Wilson and Sock both those teams they have over 100 players so they two platoon 
And so those offense and defenses are going to be a lot more complex than what we're going to be able to do. I mean, our, our playbooks are very simple, and they have to be that way because we have to practice both offense and defense. So it is a disadvantage, but we know it, and we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. We're just going to get conditioned and, and be able to play those 100 snaps a game. Talk to me about some of the uh, players that you're excited about. I know we mentioned those three, but some of the guys you're excited about on offense or defense that, that maybe we need to keep an eye out for. I tell you, one one, and then he's he's never. Yeah, last year was the first year he's played football. We got him off the court. We hired a, a good basketball coach and Keelan Jones, who obviously he's from Sock, and and uh, he was very supportive of football. And he sent one of his basketball players down here and never played. He, he's new to the country. He's from Africa, and uh, obviously that first game we put him on JV. And long story short, he, we we decided he's not a JV player. And he ends up being second team all district. So uh, we're real excited about having Brian Infoso back. Uh, he's, he'll be one of the starters at the defensive end. Um, also, the other defensive end, Ty Justice. And he only he only plays on one side of the ball. He rarely comes in on offense. But that's another kid that's coming back that had a good year as a junior that we're excited about. Um, I'm excited about some 25s. I got a freshman. Uh, a freshman lineman that that played the entire game. He started on offense and defense with Prophet Highshaw. That's another kid. I got two two junior kids. I got some junior kids that uh uh, uh Ford Morris started since his freshman year. He's going to be a junior. We're we're excited about him. But there's man, I can go on and on. And I I wish we could talk about all of them, but I know our time here is short. Right. Well, let's let's flip it to the oh, my kicker too. My kicker. I have to mention him. He's kicked a 57-yarder and a 52-yarder in a game, and he's 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 very excited. He has a uh, he has a, a a personal best of uh, I think 62 yards right now. So we're excited about Reed Malfish. That's a game changer right there, especially oh, yeah. in DSD. You got yourself a kicker there that can make uh, that can make and break again. That could twin two losses into two wins there with the with the kicker like that. Ironically, we, that's what we're thinking. We were, we're thinking walk-off field goal, actually. Go. Let's flip it to the other side. Uh, obviously, you didn't get a chance to play spring ball this year because of the, the success of the baseball team. But when you get back at it in the fall, what position will your eyes be looking for for somebody to step up uh, that you may be losing towards graduation or inexperience? So, so our quarterback right now, and like I told you, a lot three out of the four are in baseball. So I'm, I'm concerned right there at that position uh, because we lost a good one. I mean, he was a starter for two years in a row. He threw for 1,800 yards. He was first team all district and uh, with, with Carter Cito. But uh, we got some guys back there that, that uh, have been in this offense for, you know, for four years and, and are really – they have a grasp of the offense. And, uh, but right now we don't know who that's going to be. You know, so that's going to be a concern. Uh, we lost uh, – uh, an outside linebacker. Now we got some kids that we moved up from the JV that I don't think are going to miss a beat, but that's another concern we have. Uh, lost Americo Fuentes, who who went 39 and one, was a heavyweight uh, runner up at state, and he's going to be hard to replace. Um, Selvin Maldonado. So there's there's a couple of positions there that that are right now, if we had to play tomorrow, would be by committee. All right. Well, hey, I tell you what, this is an, an, uh, an odd year where you kind of kind of feel like you could be playing in two different playoffs: playoff at the end of the year for the district, and then on to the playoffs for the UIL. So, 
I'm excited to see how this thing turns out and I appreciate you joining us today. Mr. Fasso, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. You have an amazing day. That's it for this week's show. I am personally hoping for a DISD team to make the long run like Sock did last year. The atmosphere was electric in the city. Join us next week when we move to the last of our 5A districts when we analyze 7-5A Division II. You can keep up with everything on the high school football scene on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram accounts. Until next time, I am Ashley Bullington, and thank you so much for watching Campfire.